Today's episode of Moonshot is supported by Alphabox. Now, we can talk all day about Moonshot ideas, but sometimes it's the simple ideas that are just as great. For the team at alphabox.com, it's making innovative boxer briefs for guys designed exactly for how the human male is shaped. They've designed a special 3D pocket that separates your junk from your legs, meaning no more irritation, no more chafing, and yes, I can't believe I'm about to say this in a podcast, no more sweaty balls. Alphabox sent me a pair to try and I can say that the material was incredibly soft and apparently it's three times softer than cotton and I'd certainly believe that. They also have a quick drying mesh material that wicks moisture and odour, which is something that nobody wants to have. The undies come with an easy access horizontal fly and they're designed to be so comfortable that you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. The Alphabox briefs come in some really cool and fun prints as well as some classic colours. So visit alphabox.com and enter the promo code MOONSHOT at checkout to get 15% off your first purchase. Welcome to Moonshot, the show where we explore the biggest ideas in technology and innovation and the people making them happen. I'm Christopher Lawson, and in this episode, we're diving deeper into the future of flight with Starburst founder and CEO, Francois Chapard. Now, Francois is someone who is deeply interested in the future of the aerospace industry, and he has some fascinating insights into how the industry will evolve and compete with other modes of transportation like the much-talked-about Hyperloop. So join us as we take flight with Francois Chapard. Since I was a kid, uh, I was dreaming of flying very fast from uh, one point to another. I was dreaming to, um, you know, at night, go to the U.S. and come back in the morning just to um, have more fun, meet more people. And so um, I've always dreamed of, uh, of Superman capabilities. So, yes. And then I become an engineer. I work for Airbus. I work for the U.S. Air Force as an engineer. And so it has always been a passion. So I'm Francois Chaubard, um, CEO and founders of Starburst Accelerator, and we uh, basically uh, accelerate uh, aerospace startup from seed to Series A. So we divided them in, into uh, four buckets. Um, something that is uh, really what we call new space, above 500 kilo- kilometers from space. And so uh, it's all about the new type of uh, space stations, what you can manufacture in space. And actually there's a startup that just found out what was interesting to manufacturing in space and uh, what could be profitable to uh, manufacture there under the zero G and bring back on Earth. And so as soon as you manufacture a product in space, you need more people, so you need to do more launchers. Um, you need to then t- um, bring more food, water, and so you start to uh, uh, do asteroid mindings. You need space communication. And so there's an entire ecosystem that is uh, emerging and that we are looking at, at um, very deeply. That's the, the first part. Um, the second part is more around commercial aviation. We talked about supersonic um, uh, jets, supersonic aircraft, it's coming back uh, on the market after the Concorde stopped flying about 15 years ago. Um, and so we've seen a, a couple of startups, actually uh, four or five, NASA is working on that. So it's a very hot topic. 
uh, a lot of funding are going in that direction and we really hope to see these planes um, flying in the next uh, four to five years. Um, and on the side of these uh, supersonic jets, we, we see more cleaner aircraft around hybrid propulsion, uh, which means um, electrical engines. Uh, and as soon as you put electrical engine on your aircraft, you can redesign it a bit better, uh, more efficient um, um, and more aerodynamic friendly. Let's talk a little bit about flying cars because it is something that you discuss a fair bit in a lot of your talks. You talk about flying cars and you've published a report on on flying cars as well. Um, how far away are we from all owning a, a car like in the Jetsons, or, you know, <laughs> flying around? So there, there's a, there's two approaches and it's going to be a step-by-step -step one. If you want to uh, a flying car that you're going to have in your garden, being able to take off from everywhere, landing everywhere and flying autonomously, it's going to take a while. Uh, but if you're thinking of a, a more... Um, uh, more electric, uh, helicopter mixed with an aircraft that is taking off out of helipads that are already existing um, can be electric, uh, can be uh, fly by a, by a commercial pilot and can be shared by a, a bunch of passengers for going, for example, from one point to the airport. Um, then you're going to be able to see that very soon uh, and at a, a very economical price. In the past couple of years, there's been a lot of excitement around Elon Musk's Hyperloop, which could transport people between cities in just minutes. And Francois has some fascinating insights around how this technology might impact on the aerospace industry. The Elon Musk approach to transportation where he said, you know, there's problems with having all of these flying vehicles around and he believes that the future of transport is underground but you're an you, you invest in aerospace so you obviously see the future being in the air can you talk about that sort of difference and and where you see that sort of evolving yeah so um, the, the project is pushing are um, uh, first of all very expensive because when you dig a tunnel uh, we can talk about it uh, because of our experience between France and UK it's been very painful very very expensive the company who built it is still not profitable and even it's, there's a huge traffic. So um, yes, uh, for sure it will happen whether we're going to need to dig or it's going to be tube above the ground. Um, yes, it would make sense, especially if you can fly at uh, uh, 1000 kilometers. But that's for me will mostly replace commercial aviation uh, um, from San Francisco to LA. Yes, in 10 minutes, makes sense or, or 15 minutes. It's not going to be a flying car. Uh, it could be a railway or it could be Hyperloop. Um, yes, and but it's going to replace uh, planes. And that's the case in France. We have a high-speed train and as soon as we're, there's a high-speed train between Paris and another city, we see that the traffic with uh, aircraft is uh, going down. Uh, it's the case with Marseille, Bordeaux. Each time we can reach a city in less than two or three hours, then you know that the, um, the um, air traffic is going to go down. Why has there, up until the last, you know, couple of years, why has there not been much development in supersonic flight? Because we had Concorde and then it just sort of seemed to have stopped. So th there's a couple of reasons. And the first one would be that uh, people didn't get why the, f the Concorde stopped and uh, what was wrong with the Concorde. Huh? For a lot of people, it was uh, related to cost, but it was related to cost because they didn't sell enough. Uh, and so they couldn't upgrade it, they couldn't maintain it. You just have to remember the Concorde was developed on paper. 
uh, and with no electronic on board. Uh, so very basic. And so there, there, there was a lot of optimization and improvement that could be done. That's the first thing. Second thing that the big players, Airbus and, and Boeing, didn't believe in, in the, um, his successor. And they're also very focused on competing against each other, uh, on building new, car new type of aircraft that uh, there was a, a direct need and uh, a direct request from the airline. So they were already very busy and they are still very busy um, with their supply chain, making sure that they're delivering uh, the thousands of aircraft that they, they have uh, in their backlog. Uh, so the, the two big players were very busy. And so because of that, um, because also of the success of a couple of entrepreneurs like like um, uh, like Elon Musk, SpaceX, and a couple of more, uh, we just realized that uh, breaking into aerospace or commercial aviation was finally possible. And all these big barriers um, around regulation, certification, were at the end um, possible to be uh, achieved. Uh, and that's why uh, a couple of years ago we've seen uh, Arion I was talking about, supersonic jets. But it was a business jet and the business jet market is not doing great. So they are still struggling and boom, combined right technology with the right business model. And they are going, um, uh, they are going great. Uh, they raised 33 million and it's, um, it's an amazing project. Which, which does seem like relatively a small amount really, right, for, for a jet that carries passengers. So, yes, and they're going to need to raise much more, but, you know, it's the venture capital ap approach where uh, you go step by step, you raise for a year, you achieve your objectives and targets, which for them is to build a, a small supersonic jet, demonstrate their, their abilities to master a couple of technologies, and then if they succeed, and if they can convince more airlines to come on board, then they will raise one or 200 million. Uh, do more and then probably raise again 500 million and then uh, um, they will be done. They need to also to find the, the right engine manufacturer because they won't be able to do it themselves. So they need to find a couple of partners and yes, then they will raise more money. Today's episode of Moonshot is supported by Videoblocks. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're someone pursuing a moonshot idea or whether you're just trying to build your own business or launch a new Facebook page. The truth is, every idea can always benefit from a really great video. But what do you do when you just don't have the right footage? So I used to work as a video producer and one of the most frustrating things is when you're trying to make a piece of content and you're missing that all too special shot. Yep been there before. It's one of the most frustrating things because you just can't make great video without great footage. But good footage usually takes a lot of time to acquire. And that's where Videoblocks can help. Once you sign up, you can download all the stock video your heart desires from their member library, including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and more. They're always adding new clips, so there is always something fresh to download. And the best part is all the content is royalty-free, so you can use it for all your commercial and personal projects. And all for the insanely low price of $149 per year. Now, on other sites, you might be paying that much per video, but on Videoblocks, you get access to their entire collection for the one low price. Plus, you can save 40% on millions of other clips available on their marketplace. So if you're ever looking to make your production amazing without breaking the bank, then head to videoblocks.com slash moonshot to get all the stock video you can imagine for just $149 a year. That's videoblocks.com slash moonshot to save on studio quality clips from Videoblocks. Now, before the break, we were chatting with Francois Chapard from Starburst Accelerator. 
and he's someone who is deeply excited about the possibilities of the wave of investment in aerospace and in supersonic jet startups like Boom Technology. But he's also interested in a bunch of other ideas that are changing the future of flight, like flying cars and jetpacks, and some ideas that sit a little further from Earth. What what sort of other companies are you quite uh, you're quite excited about at the moment that are doing things in aerospace that you that really fascinate you? So the, the, there's one I was mentioning it very quickly called Made in Space. So they first of all they, they got known uh, getting contract uh, from NASA about 20 million to build uh, or to to, bo- to put in, into the um, International Space Station a 3D printer uh, and send uh, the path through uh, <coughs> space communication and then manufacture a couple of uh, easy, uh, small parts into space. That's that's one of the huge issues with uh, you know even all these plans to go to Mars is that. We can't just take everything from Earth because, you know, we're limited in terms of the size of what these spacecrafts will be. And so now you just need to bring powder into space and you could just send um, the drawings uh, through, uh, you know, space internet and then manufacture, for example, what they did, they, they manufactured tools that they would need to fix some part of the space station. And it worked great. Everybody was happy, very excited. Um, that same startup just discover a product that would make sense to manufacture in space. And it's a type of fiber optics that when you, you manufacture it in under zero gravity, the, the, the properties are so much better than the one on Earth that uh, it's worthwhile making it in space and bringing it back. Um, and I, I think it's very cool. And as soon as you have a proper space business case, then we're going to see a, much more things happening into space, much more people. Uh, people are predicting that um, in five to ten years we're going to have 5,000 people in space, which could be huge, wow. um, which means uh, hundreds of uh, different space stations. So, yeah, I think it's it's fascinating uh, what's happening right now into the uh, aerospace industry. And what's fascinating me also is that it's all coming from startups. It, mu- it must be really exciting for you now that you see all of all of this happening it must be you must be much closer to that childhood dream of you know what you're hoping um yes and and i'm also a private pilot so i love uh, all this stuff and also we are in a position where we see everything uh, we have the, the the opportunity to not just look at one startup or work into one startup but but see hundreds of startups and and sometimes you know it's like a puzzle uh, you see one but you don't really understand if it makes sense but as soon as you see 10 to 15 um, all working on, on complementary technologies or products then you really see the big picture, um, especially on flying cars. They started working on new type of materials, um, new type of propulsion technology, new batteries, uh, new sensors for uh, avoidance, a new algorithm with artificial intelligence for these cars to avoid themselves, uh, avoid each other, sorry. Um, so, um, yeah, it's like 15 different startups that are necessary to build these uh, flying cars and all the... Um, uh, automated system and, and mapping that is necessary for uh, make it safe. And I was reading on your website that average investment is sort of around five. Is it five million euro? Is that? 
correct? Or? So it depends on, on the countries, but we see uh, different uh, seed rounds or uh, Series A rounds. Uh, in Europe, it's a bit lower than in the US. In the US, it's more uh, around 8, 8 million. Um, so we said, you know, in the past, NASA was the main player and the main actor. NASA is, is, is still, you know, one of the main, they, they changed their role. You know, they're not in the first seat uh, in a lot of cases, but they're financing all these amazing American startups. And um, uh, the only th sad thing that, um, that I have on my own is that uh, most of this stuff is happening in the US. Uh, and so I, I would love to see uh, more stuff in Europe, more stuff in France or in other countries, which mean more financing available. Is that just a matter of finance or, or is, is it also regulation and like what needs to happen for that to happen in Europe? Yeah, it's, it's a lot related to finance. Uh, um, most of the money is either in the Silicon Valley or is in Washington DC when we talk about aerospace. Um, you see Asia growing uh, fast and putting more money on the table. It's not so much the case in Europe uh, and that's, that's a bit lacking. Uh, we, are, we are living in, in a you know, very exciting time, whether it's going to be a massive innovation. In the next uh, 15 years, a lot of things are, are going to change in, the, uh, in our sky and now the way we've tra we travel, basically. If you've loved this episode of Moonshot, then make sure you share it with all your friends. They can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever else you get podcasts. Our website is moonshot.audio, where we post transcripts and other details about the show. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our cover artwork is by the incredibly talented Andrew Millist. Moonshot is a production of Lawson Media, and it's hosted by me, Christopher Lawson, and also Andrew Moon. That's all we have today. Join us again next time as we power our way into the future.